Welcome everybody to Studio 7500. I'm Greg Hull along with Jamie Brown. His sidekick. <laughs> that's not how it works. Yes, it is. But that's uh, fine. I like being the sidekick. Welcome to a June edition of Studio 7500. We're here to talk about, guess what? Woodbury University. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So the show, you know, I'm just going to say it because I say it every time. We're on Woo Radio. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. Jamie's client, by the way. And <laughs> that's just a... I won't cool. tell you any secrets about them. So listen to us early and often. Review us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We want to hear your comments. Um, one of the things, and I probably already did it, but one of the things I need to do, Jamie, every time I listen to myself, I always say, so, and then I ask a question. It's so much, I do it so often that I want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm going to try really hard not to go, so, tell us about this, and so, tell us about that. Well, it's better than what I hear from my kids. Like, like, oh my, like, you know what? And he said something like this and like that. I almost could take that more. Like, I oh mean, my God. It's not great, but, you know. Yeah, take the like out of it. It's not professional. Here we are. We're here for summer. We've got, let's see, there is an event this week, although by the time you hear this, it'll probably have already happened. It's called What's New called. in Business. So we have the event on Friday. Um, we've got our summer classes going. We have our summer camps coming up later this month. We've got our youth camps with... Um, How's enrollment? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I hope they're okay. You weren't involved this year? No, we're Thanks. doing lots of advertising. We're pushing a lot of people to the website. Nice. But I don't know if they're converting into campers. Ooh. So we'll find out about that. Um, and I can actually see our guests coming through the window. So, Let's um, take a quick break. why don't we take a little break and, uh, we'll be back with our guest. Welcome back to Studio 7500. This is Jamie and Greg, and our guest just arrived. We're so happy to introduce Linda Jones, and she is a Villa Cabrini Academy graduate of 1966. And uh, Linda, do you like, I'm sorry, is it Linda Grant Jones or Linda? Well, what do you like to go by, Linda? Um, I go by... When I'm talking to my Villa Cabrini friends, I'm Linda Grant right? Jones because they knew me as Linda Grant. And I'm class of 67. So oh, 67. Make okay. me one year older. Oh, ooh, yes. Jamie, Jamie makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I, I, I do. We all do here. Uh, so, Linda, tell us about, give us the history of Villa Cabrini Academy and how it's affiliated to Woodbury University. Well, Villa Cabrini Academy was started by Mother Cabrini, who ended up being a saint, the first uh, United States citizen saint naturalized citizen. She bought this property in uh, two th um, one th 1905, excuse me. Oh, my. So ever since then, it was an 
it's still a place of education um, after all these years. Mm -hmm. Mother Cabrini started this uh, orphanage here for poor children of immigrant families and built a preventorium for children with tuberculosis. And eventually it became a school and it taught girls from kindergarten to 12th grade. Then the school closed in the year 1970, and it changed, the property changed hands a few times until, to our good fortune, Woodbury purchased it in, I think it was 1986. 86, yeah. mm -hmm. And um, in 2000, there was a the class of 1963, Villa Cabrini class, wanted to have a reunion, and they couldn't find a facility to do it. So the president of the group at that time came over to Woodbury University and talked to the then president and his wife, the Nielsens, and they suggested that we had the reunion on Woodbury's campus, right in front of the old chapel that we used to go to, but now it's a library. So that was actually the beginning of it, that Woodbury graciously accepted the Villa Cabrini alumni as part of their alumni in a way. And ever since then, we've had a very good relationship with Woodbury. And they've allowed us to have meetings and numerous functions on, their, on this beautiful campus. And people can come home and see where they used to live and go to school because this was a dormitory situation. Some children lived here and some were day students. Now, did you live here? I did not. I just came in during the day. But there were a lot of children who, for whatever reason, were, um, their parents were out of the state, mm -hmm. out of the country, or a father died. And mm -hmm. so they had uh, dormitories for the children from kindergarten up through 12th grade. Mm -hmm. So Villa Cabrini Academy was also a boarding school, would yes, you say? Yes, it was. It was a boarding school and uh, a day school. You could come yes. for the day. So, um, Greg, give us some history on Woodbury University in terms of, you know, when we moved to the campus, when we moved here um, to this site. Yeah, the so we moved, we bought the, the property, I guess, in 86 and I think moved here in 87. But that's... From from downtown right. LA, right. Um, Wilshire Boulevard. But the uh, what's interesting and I didn't really recognize is that I guess the property, I'm not sure what happened between 1970 and 1987. That's a long time uh, to have the property vacant, but I don't know, I, maybe it was operated some other way. We don't ne necessarily need to discuss that, but if you know, that's kind of interesting. I know a little bit. It was, for a while, it was, I believe it was rented, but I don't know, um, by a California uh, Art Institute. Or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there was a Cal Lutheran. Uh -huh. uh, we're here for a, a number of years. That's about all I really mm -hmm. know. And then Woodbury... Uh, came into the picture and we're so happy so what's it like it, it's kind of exciting for you to be able to come back to the same place where you went to school even though it closed a few years after you left that's pretty rare i think so tell us what that's like i mean what's that like 
it's extremely rare, I think, as I talk to other people who have class reunions, because very few of them can do it on their campus, where there are still buildings that they remember um, having class in, or going to the gym, or listening to the jukebox. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the cafeteria is used to be a, a theater, but now <laughs> it's the cafeteria for Woodbury. So that really um, intrigues people and wants them to come. And even if you were only here in the second grade, there are people that remember the influence that Villa Cabrini had on them for whatever short time or long time they were here. And they feel a presence when they come back to the campus. It's like coming back home. As I said, some of them, it was their home. But it's a, it's a very comforting feeling to be on the campus. So the, probably the most iconic building, and, and I'm sure it was for you as well, is, our, is what is now our library, but was your chapel, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? And by the way, I, just for Jamie's purposes, I, sa- I keep saying so. I said I, I wasn't going to do noticed. that. I I'm going to have noticed. to cut it out. But anyway. At least you're not uh, saying so, like. So the, <laughs> I was just, for your purposes, Linda, I'm trying to stop say, saying so, blah, blah, blah. It's a tick that I have. I can't, <laughs> seem to, I can't seem to stop it. But the library, our current library is or was your chapel. And it's a really beautiful building. Can you talk a yes. little bit about it? That chapel, I am so glad it still looks the same from the outside and very much on the inside. There were so many events that happened in that chapel First communions, May crowning, graduations. And when we walk in there, it's, it feels still to us like a church. Sure. The pews are gone, the confessionals are gone, but the lights are the same. There's still stained glass mm-hmm. windows, and the floor, the tiles look untouched, other than they're nice and shiny and new looking. But um, I think that's. It's a, it is an iconic building, and it was the heart of the, the Villa Cabrini experience because there were daily masses and different things that went on there uh, all, all year round. So um, it's, it's so heartening to walk in there and see how many of the things have remained as they were. Mm. <clears throat> and one of the things that... Uh, our Villa Cabrini alumni have start, had done it from the beginning is start to put aside money to help preserve those stained glass windows mm-hmm. because, of course, they're old and they might leak. And so we have, uh, I know it wasn't probably enough to fix them all, but it was, it, that was a real, um, people were, you didn't have to encourage them to contribute mm-hmm. to that because they felt they wanted it to go to preserve that building because it was, it was important. Yeah. Well, that's a, a good segue to um, the Villa Cabrini Scholarship Fund mm-hmm. that you all started, that you're leading. Can, do you want to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit? Um, the thought about starting a scholarship uh, is nothing new to us. We had started th- talking about it probably 15 years ago, but with the, uh, we were just afraid we couldn't come up with the amount of money we thought we needed. But we discovered in the last couple of years that we could seed something and let it grow, and it would become an endowed scholarship. And so about three years ago, we put 
a good good amount of money into a, a fund, and a lot of the alumni are contributing on their own to uh, have a scholarship that is going to uh, preserve the legacy or of of Mother Cabrini and the, the in the spirit mm-hmm. of the Villa Cabrini g- girl mm-hmm. and the scholarship. I don't think has to go to a woman. It can go to a man. It doesn't have to be the top um, top person with the top sure. grade, but somebody who exhibits the same kind of philosophy and um, caring for other people and like a well rounded. Um, individual, right? That Mother Cabrini. That's that's kind of how her philosophy was to educate the whole person, mm-hmm. and I really feel that Woodbury has a very similar philosophy. What will be the process in um, selecting that candidate, or have you not? I I know yet? Uh, generally, I think it is a person who has. I think it's a two point five average. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember the exact terminology, but mm, that's okay. um, um, exhibits the, the qualities that um, Mother Cabrini or a, a, of a Villa, Villa Cabrini girl would, um, would have gotten. And will you be part of that committee to select the person? or, or? Um, I'm... I'm not sure yet. I'm right. not sure. Uh, they haven't. I haven't. They I don't haven't know. gotten. That I don't yet. know. <laughs> I'm sorry about no, that. But no, uh, the the scholarship is. We're still adding money to it mm-hmm. uh, until it gets to be fifty thousand dollars, and we're more than halfway there. More Thanks more than you. three quarters of the way, maybe. <laughs> well, we. <laughs> I'm 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 happy to do that. <laughs> well, it's very very kind and generous, and yeah. we love the mm-hmm. fact that it's a connection. Um, you know, Woodbury, as you know, has a very long history mm-hmm. as well. We date back 135 years. So it's nice to also have this connection to the space where we mm-hmm. currently are. Uh, because we've talked about this a little bit, I think, on the show, Jamie. But it feels a little bit like Woodbury has two identities. So we have the sort of Wilshire identity of, you know, the people who went to school there. And then when we moved here, we kind of lost that a little bit. I think we we try to keep connected to it, and we certainly have alumni who still come back to campus here, but it's not the same. So it's kind of interesting for you because you come back here, you feel that connection, but obviously you're not really connected to Woodbury. So it's kind of nice to have someone who, you know, a group of people, and it's a pretty large group, right, mm-hmm. of, of people who are – Still connected to this yes. space. Yes, that's true. Um, well, I think the, it, the relationship has come has gone both ways because Woodbury has allowed us and welcomed us here as almost uh, alumni of, of Woodbury, in a in a, in a sense. And uh, we're just we're just fortunate. I think we're really lucky. And it um, the the people that are from Villa Cabrini, however, as you know, the school closed and there's no young ones coming mm. up to take our place. So that that being the case, it's really makes us happy to have a scholarship that's going to be here after we're not here anymore. And mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, that it can, the, the name 
Villa Cabrini won't go away. <laughs> right, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your own story? So did you attend Villa Cabrini even as a, as a young child? Wait, I've heard us. this story, Linda. How, how <laughs> you've heard this story. <laughs> yeah, Where did you grow all. up? How did you end up there? Let's, let's hear it all. <laughs> you would never know. <laughs> I, looking at her now. <laughs> I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in Sunland, um, Shadow Hills. Uh, I lived there since I was five, and then um, I went to a Catholic elementary school, and I went to a public high school in Tahunga, uh, Verdugo Hills High, and there I met this this guy that I thought was just the bee's knees, <laughs> but my parents did not like him, <laughs> and I think in order to get me away from him, <laughs> they drove me over here in, yep. the, in the middle of the 11th grade. So I only wow. went here for a year and a half. So it was kind of a consequence of... Um, well, can we pause for a second? <laughs> Do you know what happened to that guy? I don't She married know. him. No. <laughs> no. I don't know what happened to him. So, but, you know. So also, so, uh, and I'm saying so again, but you must have come here kind of reluctantly. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was pouting for a while. Um, I really didn't want to be here and wear saddle shoes and socks and, you know, a wool skirt. All girls. On all girls. But when I walked into my classroom for the first ta- time, I realized the entire junior class of 44 kids was in one room that was mind-boggling because mm. I came from a school where there was 600 <laughs> in my graduating mm-hmm. class. So... That took a little getting used to, but it didn't. I didn't pout for too long because you became more of a family. Everybody knew each other. The nuns were sweet and nice. None of these really they, those stories they, aren't real. Those stories are not true. Hmm. <laughs> they, you know, they're not here. Uh, and it was a it was a welcoming for me. I mean, I didn't really know anybody. Starting in the middle of the junior year, everybody else right. yeah, kind of knew tough. the situation. But I, I did well in school, and, and I was exposed to things like drama a little bit. Oh, interesting. And um, not a lot of public speaking, as you can tell. Oh, but, you're doing um, great. You are. But um, I really enjoyed my time here. And my dad would probably be very happy to know that here I am. <laughs> it's been 20 years that I've been working with the alumni group nice. like this, and I—it's a labor of love, uh, mm. labor of love. Because um, I think he would be happy. He—I he, wasn't real happy with him when he decided that. Well, my mom too, but yeah. uh, that this is where I needed to be. But it really was, and That's I've a met so many friends from all different years. Some of my best friends were born the were graduated the year I was born so there's a age oh gap my. but because you went to Villa Cabrini there was just something mm-hmm. that united you mm-hmm. it's interesting because you're kind of describing what we hear from students who talk about Woodbury and they say you know you come to this community it's small everyone kind of knows each other that can have negative sides mm-hmm. too right we know but um it's like a family. It's like a community. So it's kind of, again, it, it, it kind of, it's nice that you had that and that we continue that tradition of a small institution where it's more, you know, close-knit. 
Um, you know, I used to actually live in New York City, and I used to live right next to, I think it was the it was the Cabrini uh, Mother Cabrini Shrine, mm-hmm. way in Upper Manhattan. Mm. So um, when I heard about the connection that Woodbury had to her, I wasn't sure if it was the same person. Yes, it was. <laughs> then, oh, yes. And then I realized yeah, it was, it and was. what a small world we live mm-hmm. in. Do you know anything about her? Can you talk about her? She's Well, she um, was born, I think it was 1850, in Cadonia, uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, Northern Italy, Italy, excuse me. (laughs) She wouldn't want me to say Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, she um, became a nun, and she started a a group of nuns. And she and about six other nuns from Italy came over to the United States in 1889, I believe. She had always wanted to go to China or to the east, but the bishop at the time said, not to the east, but to the west. And so mm-hmm. she came to the United States and established orphanages. That was her main thing to do t- because there, she ended up kind of in a ghetto area. A lot of the immigrant families didn't have much money and they couldn't take good care of their children. And so she uh, started schools and orphanages for the immigrant children. Then she went to different places, Chicago, and she ended up in California. Mm-hmm in one, uh, 1905, and that, there's not that much written about her experience in California. She's been around the world. She started about 67 different missions in different countries, but there's not a lot written about California. But she came to uh, downtown L.A., and her first, I don't know if it was her first, but I believe it was her first orphanage that she started in Los Angeles, was on Hill Street. And what we Villa Cabrini girls noticed when we came back to the campus and started having our meetings and get-togethers here, we would go across the street to the Hill Street Cafe. Mm. And I'm, it's, it was just kind of eerie to think <laughs> that Hill Street, and here it is right oh, across the wow. street from Woodbury, which used to be Villa Cabrini. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I is. thought that was kind of yes. a, a little coincidence. <laughs> but she she walked on this campus, and we like to remember that a saint walked on these grounds, and she died before she, be, you know, she was here, and I think she died in 1917. So she wasn't a saint yet, but she became a saint, and she had been here. And she had a little chapel up on the hill, mm. and that has been moved down the hill. Now it's over at St. Francis Xavier Church. What was she doing here? An orphanage? Or? Oh, well, she started the orphanage in downtown Los Angeles, and uh, she would um, come by horse and buggy, I guess. She found this property that Woodbury is on. It was a bigger um, number of acres that she ended up getting she had a lot of people would donate money to her like the Robinson family and Barnum the circus Mm -hmm. company and Mm -hmm. uh, different um, wealthy patrons supported her and somehow she was able to acquire this property because the air in this part of the valley Mm. is nice and clear and good for children that had tuberculosis. Mm. Tuberculosis was 
rampant, especially in the crowded immigrant, immigrant yeah. communities. And so she built her preventorium. It's kind of like a sanitarium for mm -hmm. children. And if you go to the little annex next to the library, there's a hallway with a lot of photographs that our alumni put mm. together and Woodbury put on the walls. You can see pictures of the little girls laying in the beds on the veranda of mm. this preventorium getting the sun and the fresh air Amazing. from wow. from this Burbank area because hmm. down in Los Angeles they didn't have a lot of cars back then when she was here but there was a lot of industry and mm -hmm. smoke and yeah. crowded conditions mm -hmm. so that's how she ended up coming to this property interesting so that um location no longer exists the hill street one or well the hill street and also no. the the, the preventorium preventory. The preventorium, they discovered the, the foundation of the preventorium when they were putting in the business building. Oh. Mm. So before that bus business building was there, mm -hmm. that's where the preventorium stood. Wow. So it actually was on the campus. Yes. Huh. Interesting. Yes, yes wow. it was here. Wow. Now the chapel, the church, the library that, uh, that mm -hmm. we see now wasn't built until 1950. But there was another chapel called, I think, Cecilia's Chapel, which, if you look at the old photographs, it would have been in the middle of the quad. Mm. Okay. So, I said so again. Uh, so, who was, <laughs> who, did you have like a principal? Was it a priest? Who, who ran For, for Billa Cabrini? Uh, there was a principal of the school. It uh, wasn't, um, you know... When I was here, her name was Mother Mercedes, but um, I'm glad it was a woman. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Without an all girls. Oh yes, it's all girls school. You never. We had a priest though. You never know. I mean, you know. No, back then, this was pre Me Too. No, there was a there was a a priest, Father Mangus, and I think his the rectory was toward the front of the campus, a mm -hmm. little closer to Glen Oaks. Mm -hmm. um, but he, and I believe he, he lived on there, but I think Mother Mercedes was in charge of the school. So Great. what the, if he, I don't know if she had a check with him, but I don't think so. I mean, it was well, under the archdiocese, so. Was she a kind and benevolent woman? I think so. May of course, she rest in peace. Yes, I thought she was sweet. Some people thought she was very stern, but you know, when you're in a position of authority, heavy is the head that wears be, the crown. Yeah, you can't be everybody's buddy, but you can be a caring person. Absolutely. And so, you know, um, I've heard stories of how kind she was. Um, one, I'll just, I won't dwell on this, but like I said, my friend who was graduating in 1949, the same year I was born. She was a, she, her parents were divorced when she was like about 12 or so, and she and her sister came and had to live here. Aww. And she would cry on the weekends because maybe mm. she was waiting for her father or mother to come pick her up, and then maybe somebody didn't come, and she would stand there with her little suitcase, her and her younger sister. And 
she said sometimes Mother Mercedes would just come and put her arm around her, not say a word, and just stand there with her. And then she'd say, Nancy, would you like something to eat now? Is it time for dinner? Hmm. You know, she would just... She was a very kind lady. I thought she was really sweet. I'm getting the Kleenex box oh, out yeah. right now. Oh, my God. Uh, you painted quite a picture. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, you talked about um, drama. So mm-hmm. do you remember what you were involved in? <laughs> it was, uh, I, I call it drama, but I think they called it, I want to say forensics, like speech. Hmm. Which, But we, what, there was a competition for people to who were public were good at public speaking to enact a part of a play mm-hmm. and so i don't know why they selected me but they paired me with a young young girl one year younger than me who was pretty good at this mm-hmm. and so she it was a little episode of the story the bad seed mm-hmm. and so i was the the mother and she was the the little girl and uh, we had to go to some other school and compete against other other teams that right. were um, performing I think Tony the, the the girl that was the bad seed she probably got an award for that but <laughs> I mean I was put into I mean this was not my comfort zone <laughs> to try to remember the lines and act like the mother the mother <laughs> <laughs> that was as far as I got, but they did put on a lot of plays and things, music, mm-hmm. and uh, we had uh, social graces. We had to take uh, a class to teach mm-hmm. you how to walk in high heels. Oh, and boy. Which fork, that, I don't think that would pass now. Which fork? <laughs> Although more people should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I think it doesn't hurt. Um, was the That's campus, did, did you have... Um, up on the hill behind was that part of your campus yes. as well? Yes, that um, it, it went. I, I can't remember how many acres, but it was many times bigger than what what it is now. Oh, okay. it, it it encompassed a lot of what is probably the condos mm-hmm. in oh, the area. Wow. It was very large. And how many students were there altogether? About. Um, I'm trying. I'm not. Each high school class had about maybe, say, 30 or so students. Okay. So that's 300. Well, high school, that's like less than 300. 300. And then the elementary schools had larger classes. Mm. There's pictures in my yearbook, and you can see there are 60 kids in one class, each class. So the elementary school classes were twice the size mm-hmm. of the high school classes. So there was eight grades of them. So several hundred. So several yeah. hundred, maybe 400. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you have a uh, – I'm always curious about this. Did you have a chance to interact with the younger kids, or do you just – is it completely segregated? You know, I didn't have too many opportunities to uh, interact with them. Because I was basically, you know, almost a senior when I started here. So we didn't interact with them too much. But the ones who did were the the boarders. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, although the, the senior 
high school boarders were in a different room usually or different building than mm-hmm. where the elementary boarders were. These kids didn't go home at night. They didn't go home on the weekends. They didn't go home during the summer. Mm. So they had a, a different relationship. They would sometimes the little kids would almost look at the older kids like mom. Right. Mm-hmm. But they were just teenagers. But and they would have jobs depending on their age. Um, waxing the floor. There was a big buffer that they used to. <laughs> I heard of that they would used to buff the floor in the chapel Mm -hmm. library. And uh, the girls would stand on top of this buffer to hold it down so they could push it around. And (laughs) and they had to wax the furniture and maybe, I don't know, do different chores. They had to make their beds, of course, and do their own laundry. Mm -hmm. This was their home. If you were at home, you were Mm going to have chores, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, They used to have... Um, an orchards of olives and grapes. Mm, and that's right. Yeah. We still have some olive trees. I believe oh. some of those are the original trees. Right. I've seen some of those that are up there by, um, I call it the gym, but it's the... Yeah, we call yeah. it the grove. The so grove. Mm-hmm. I think because of that mm-hmm. olive grove. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But they look very old. Mm-hmm. They look like they've been here probably. They used to sell uh, olive oil, and mm. that's when it was a... A younger campus that was part of the way they made money hmm. wow so before we went on the air i heard you mention that you're having a reunion this weekend we are having a reunion this weekend it started just being the class of 67 and 68 and then we because they're both pretty small classes we decided we would in, invite of course 69 because this is their 50th reunion year and I'll just say we've invited anybody who wants to come, but right. it's kind of focused on 67, 68, and 69. So um, Saturday night we're having a dinner um, in in Glendale, but then Sunday we're going to have 50 people that have already signed up to come on our campus here at Woodbury, and we'll have a lunch and uh a tour of the campus because a lot of the people have not had the opportunity to come back here and some are coming f- from as far away as Georgia wow. wow and somebody else is coming from Washington state and oh, all all around California some are ca- San Francisco different areas so what that's are your great. plans for that day i mean what's the program going to be like well the program here starts at noon and we'll have lunch in the architecture building i think it's amundsen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at noon and then after that we'll probably have a little talk with our people but they'll probably be just chatting with each other and uh, damon has arranged to have some volunteer students take people on tours around the campus so that they can see how much is really the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is the same. A lot of the buildings were damaged in the 1971 earthquake, so they're gone. But what Woodbury has put in their place enhances the whole property, and it looks, it, it, it appears that it should have always been there. It, it mm-hmm. just looks like it fits. But I think people um, going up to the Woody will mm-hmm. recognize the wood floor that was always there when, when we went to school here. It was our auditorium. The um, building that we call Cabrini, 
um, it looks like it was built by the school, right? Yes. So what was that at the time? Is this the one that's kind of... Un- Next to Woody's. Uh, it's... it's um, the, well... It, it's... Um, the one that has the... F- the picture of Mother Cabrini yes. on the outside? Yes. That's that freeze. I'm so glad that's mm-hmm. still here. Um, that was one of the high school buildings. Oh, okay. There, um, Your old Hans. That then. was the high school building, yeah. <laughs> the one that's adjacent there. And then what is now your, um, well, I think part of it's still a dormitory, but mm-hmm. our dorms were back by the bookstore yeah that's uh, we call it south hall uh-huh. yeah yeah so yeah, that was new when i was here that had just opened hmm. in 66 i think mm-hmm. as a dorm that was the senior dorm before that i think the senior dorm was um might have been that building just to the north of the business building mm-hmm. can't remember the yeah. name of it yeah Linda, how did you get involved with the alumni group 20 years ago? Um, that was a that was kind of a coincidence. So many things have been a coincidence. I had just um, not literally retired, but I had I had a, gr- a daughter-in-law who was on bed rest with her her second child, and she needed people to be with her for a a few months. She couldn't get out of bed. So um, it was an opportunity for me to stop working, basically, just delay my retirement. Mm -hmm. So I had time on my hands in about 2000. And so I knew that my dad had always kind of wanted to do something to thank the nuns at Villa Cabrini for the education that they gave me and for the opportunities that I had while I was here. But he never had that chance. So I thought, I bet Dad would like it if I would just look up the nuns and find out where they are. So I made some phone calls, and they put me in. I got somebody in Chicago told me to talk to somebody in New York, and that New York person said, well, it just so happens that this, in a, this August we're having a reunion at the campus. Huh. And I had no idea. So if I had called six months later, I wouldn't have gotten probably involved. But I must have called around June or July, and that August, I found out that they were having a reunion for the class of 66, and so a lot of us just kind of... Went. We went. We got invited. We told them we'd like to come, and so that's how it was. And about two weeks later, they invited anybody who thought they might want to volunteer to to show up for a meeting, and so I did, and here I am still. That's an awesome story. <laughs> I think, where were we? Um, one of the events on campus, and I sat, at a t- I sat next to you, and there was another woman at that event who went to Villa Carini as well, which was a coincidence, too. Oh, I don't know if you remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. She- that was just a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and there was another lady from a different class, but she went to Woodbury too. Oh, That's okay. why she was there. She she was a I think she was a Woodbury alumni. That's right. And it was on a on a Woodbury alumni meeting, and it turns out that I don't know how she must have overheard the hmm. word Cabrini, and I didn't know her there, but she went here, and so it was a small school. But it's amazing how often you find somebody who 
you'll say, oh, you'll never know where I went to school. And they'll say, yeah, was it Cabrini? <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. So after you graduated, what, what, what's the rest of your story? Um, I went to college at, well, I, was, I got a job actually working at Kinney Shoes, which was in uh, North Hollywood. And I went to college at, well, it's Cal State Northridge, but mm-hmm. it wasn't called that then, San Fernando Valley State College. And um, I, I only went there for about a year and a half, and then I got a job at Lockheed, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. right down the street here, or not anymore, but down Hollywood Way. And I transferred to Glendale College and got a two-year degree mm-hmm. in business accounting. I got married and had three children and moved to Orange County in 73, so you drove quite wow. a way to be with us today. So I did. And oh well, we really appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we don't want her to get stuck in traffic. Uh, I think it's too late for that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the traffic wasn't too bad coming up, but going home, it'll be a little different. Yes. Where in Orange County? I'm in Fountain Valley. Uh-huh. It's right nice. next, next to Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. My car knows the way up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Can it, do it almo- almost all by itself. And you have grandchildren? I yeah, heard we your, have. Your daughter in law was. Yeah, we have um, eight grandchildren. Oh my gosh. And um, I have a stepdaughter who has two little boys, so I kind of call them my grandkids too. Yeah. So if you count them, it's uh, 10. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's my. great. You have a very full life. Yeah. And, and so are you officially retired now? Yes, I'm officially okay. retired, yeah. They just, you know. From Lockheed? You, you uh, well, no, it was. Uh, I stopped working after I had my first child, mm. so I didn't go back to work for about 10 years after that. And then I, I went to, um, I was only working part-time, but I went through a divorce. And then I really had to go to work full-time, and I was working for Bo- well, McDonnell Douglas mm. in 86 uh, is when I uh, started with them. And I uh, worked f- for them until um, 19... 19- well, 2000, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So, how's so how's, I'm reti- reti- how's I'm re- retirement? Oh, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I had time to go to work because I'm busier now than I was when I had my three kids and I was juggling a full-time job and taking them to karate and baseball practice. I just don't know how. But you get to do <laughs> a little bit more of what you want to be doing But I, I wasn't doing v- Villa Cabrini work. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, Greg. You don't do what you really want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So do you um, volunteer with any other organizations? Or if not, that's oh, why. Just... I do. I, well, I volunteer at my church. Um, I'm not a good singer, but I enjoy music and I can read the notes. And so nice. I joined the choir there. Oh, how nice. And, what, uh, what parish are you with? It's called St. Vincent de Paul. It's a Catholic nice. church. Mm-hmm. It's only about a mile from my house. Perfect. And I enjoy the I enjoy the group of, of other choir members. We're all volunteers. There's one or two that are exceptionally talented, world-class sounding people. So they lead us. <laughs> but we have a wonderful uh, choir director and we actually do sound pretty good when we all get together. Well, <laughs> I tell you, as a, a parishioner, as a going to church, you guys make a big difference. I tell yeah. you, when mm-hmm. you don't, when I don't have a choir in mm-hmm. mass, it's like, mm. yeah. you know, it, you, so it's thank like you. it's like it's like praying, 
in a way. Sometimes I'll be, we'll be singing something, and it's, it's emotional yes. And yes. for the singers. And we can't really hear how we sound. Mm. So sometimes we'll be picking up on my own wrong notes or if we didn't get the timing just right. But when you're in the, in the congregation, I don't think people notice it so mm. much. No. It so. sounds like you know you were only at Villa Cabrini for a year and a half, right? right. But it sounds like it had a profound effect <laughs> on your life. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, I well, it did have a profound effect um, because of the relationships that I made there. But I think my understanding and appreciation didn't really kick in until I started. Well, until I came on the campus in 2000, <laughs> because I met the people who told their stories about Villa Cabrini. So everybody's story is so different. I have absorbed it because the people who were on campus as a, as a day student really don't have any understanding of how it was if you were one of the students who was a, a boarding student. And I used... There's good and bad for either one. And my perception of the boarders was how lucky they are. They must be extremely wealthy or something that they can live here. But on the, it was maybe the opposite in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and th- the ones who lived here thought, how lucky you get to go home at night. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, oh, we got to do chores at home. I didn't know they had to do chores here. So <laughs> I'm... Uh, we are learning that each but each person's experience in life and on this campus is different, and that's what makes it such a rich um, experience because I've learned a lot about it. I didn't learn that much about Mother Cabrini even while I was uh, mm-hmm. here because they probably assumed they already taught you that in elementary right. school or high school. Yeah. And so I was dropped in here, and I didn't really know that she was the first American saint or any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, much of her history. I've it, learned n- it. None of us really cares about that stuff at no. that age anyway. No, <laughs> no it wasn't important then. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah, that, so that's, that's I'm kind of passionate about it, but it's because I've been doing this mm-hmm. a long time. And uh, she was a remarkable lady when you think at the turn of the century, the accomplishments that she that she made as an I don't know how her English was but you know it was not her first language and so mm-hmm. she came to this strange country and she was a little tiny lady but she was mighty well, also <laughs> the drive that it took yeah. to get her you know from from Italy to <gasps> California I mean it's it's you know and it says she, a lot she would go back and forth to Italy sometimes mm. she'd go to Rome I mean you'd have to go on a boat right. a ship and that could be weeks at a time I right. guess <laughs> well so the school closed what three years after you graduated so yes what yes. What were your thoughts when that happened? And why do you think it happened? You know, I didn't know about it until years later. Um, I, um, it was kind of a surprise. Even f- uh, talking to the, the girls who were on campus at the time, it was kind of a surprise to them, as, I, as I've been told. I don't know if it was a financial decision. Uh, it was maybe too expensive to keep the campus, but, you know, our... The, we're looking back from 
you know, 2019 thinking, how could it be so cheap? But it's still, even in the day, it was not that expensive to go here. Mm -hmm. My parents, I think, paid $25 a month for me. (laughs) And um, I didn't live here, but I think if you lived here, it might have been, you know, like 75 or something. It wasn't, it wasn't, Hmm. it it wasn't like, um, you know, millions, but uh, maybe they just didn't have enough nuns you know, sometimes it could have been as, as, as simple as that. Um, I don't really know. Did you have both nuns and lay teachers? Yes, okay. yes we did. Um, each, um, in high school, there were hmm, probably five or six nuns. Each grade had a nun as their homeroom teacher Mm -hmm. who also taught maybe chemistry and English or whatever other topic. Um, Elementary school had probably one nun for each uh, each grade. But uh, they had uh, lay teachers for music and other top other subjects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you say, so you had experience both you know, a public mm-hmm. high school at the time, and then you went to this Catholic school. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> What would you say? I mean, it sounds like you would vote for Villa Cabrini over your public school, <laughs> but, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, um, they're so different. I still have friends from my public school days, mm. so I'm, I feel fortunate that I've got two sets of friends. I, I had a reunion with my, my public school people uh, in uh, uh, 2017, and I'm still in touch with them, and I have a lot of friends with, from Villa Cabrini. Uh, it, m- m- my preconceived idea about how it was going to be was was wrong because I thought it was just going to be really strict and almost like a prison, and mm. um, it wasn't. Well, it sounds like that's what your parents wanted. <laughs> they wanted a prison. <laughs> that's probably what they wanted. <laughs> so they were disappointed. You, you were able to pull that one over on them also. <laughs> I really wish we knew what happened to that gentleman. Yeah. Um, if you're out there listening. He, he, he's the, the linchpin. Remember Linda Grant. He's yeah. the linchpin to this story. We yeah. need to know. I've tried but, to look him up. I've, I've been curious about that well, myself. Well, you have Facebook. and you have, I know. I'm, after the show, we'll do a search. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do a search. Well, we are really honored to have you and your fellow <laughs> alumni because it, it your history is our history and you know it it only mm. increases the richness of who we are as an institution definitely does so you know we we certainly are grateful you. for you to take the time to talk with us and to mm. talk to our what our audience and our community and um, certainly for the, the scholarship the support, support. Which is phenomenal and way beyond what we would ever expect. And we're really, really pleased to be able to host, you know, I can't believe you're, you have 50 people coming this weekend. That's fantastic. <laughs> really? yeah. We wish it's, you all it, the best. It, yeah, and they're so lucky to have you as their, their spokesperson. Oh, well, so thank, to speak, you. So. <laughs> thank you. I don't yeah. know how well I did, but, oh, you, did you know, I, I'm, I like the group. I enjoy I enjoy working with them, and it's always a pleasure to come to Woodbury. 
And everybody I've ever met here has just been so gracious, whether it's the security guards or the students or the staff like you. I mean, if even if I drive in and I say I'm from Villa Cabrini, I'm having a meeting. Oh, you're one of the Villa girls. I mean, it feels, <laughs> they, they, they kind of know us. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Anyway, thank so, you so much for joining us today, Linda. Th- thank you for inviting me yeah. and for for in- inviting my all the alumni. Yeah, we look forward to an update okay. soon. Okay. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Well, that was a treat, having Linda on. Yeah, you know, it's part of our history, or should I say her story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. It really is, actually. And, you know, we we mentioned this, but I just want to reiterate the fact that they financially support Woodbury is phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. So, it's yeah. I mean, and I think that um, she's so gracious. I mean, Linda is like so thankful. We're just as thankful as she is to have them involved and wanting to be part of our our group and our and our um, alumni. So yeah, it's very nice. And it's interesting that she was only there a year and a half. Right. I know her passion is just incredible. And I will say, I, I, when she told that story. I just had this vision in my Which head one? about how she ended oh, up. Oh yeah. Totally. About you know, her dad taking her by the ear, yes. putting her in the car, no, driving her no over. No more here, public school for you. Driving her over here and, and dropping her you off know, at I, her you know. But then discovering this place that she's still connected to fifty years later. So that's pretty remarkable. That's that's great parenting, by the way. Of course <laughs> I always like listen to those stories and I think about, hmm. Tough love. That I don't have enough of that. I need more tough love. That's in a my... tough one, though. Yeah. I don't know if you can get away with that now. Oh, I think it's I, really tough. I don't know if you can get away with it either. I think that's a good But we still, so I'm going to put out a call. If you're listening, if you attended, what school was it? Uh, Verdugo Hills High Hills or Verdugo High. High School? Yeah. Around in the, sometime in the 60s. 1962 to 67. And if you're. Girlfriend was pulled her, out of her, school. Her name's Linda Grant. <laughs> Please reach out to us. You can um, <laughs> you can email me at greg.hool at woodbury.edu. We'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to hear your <laughs> side of the story. Because um, that's a really, really cool story. Oh, Linda, if you're listening, no, she's not going to. You're cutting this part out, right? No. You're no, gonna no send I'll this? send the whole thing. Yeah. No, you're not. Why not? Because. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh. So no, I just think it's interesting. We love storytelling. I know so you do. like it's a kind of a, a an interesting, you know, all of it's it's funny because everything has a story, right? So that's her story. That's what led her here. Here she is, still connected, even yes. though the school is gone. And I think it's know? really a sweet ending that she was like, you know, my dad wanted to give back, so she looked up the school and figured out a way to give back, and she really is. Definitely. So her dad's happy too. It's phenomenal. So 
anyway, um, so you know, um, <laughs> this, this is really going far afield, but uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show Master of None. <laughs> no, um, there's a, a, a Aziz Ansari, isn't it? And there's a in season two, he goes to Italy and he learns how to make pasta. And anyway, in the process, he learns Italian, and he always uses the term allora, which what? means like anyway. So whenever allora. I say anyway, I want to say allora. Oh, I'm glad to know that. It's a good word. So allora. anyway, I mean allora. <laughs> Here we are. We're at the end of our show. We really appreciate you all joining us on another exciting journey down the history of Woodbury. We got more to come. We've got other people lined up, lined up at our door to come on our show. I think next week we're going to talk to Emily Bills, who is in our College of Liberal Arts, doing a lot of interesting stuff. I believe she teaches urban studies and interdisciplinary books and, you know, a real academic type. Yes, we love having them on. And we can we can hang with these people. Like we can ask the tough questions. Right. We can like get behind the scenes with them and get them out of the classroom. Uh, down from the ivory tower. <laughs> exactly. That's where we're going to change the name of the show. Ooh. Down from the ivory tower. I like that. Or maybe that's our tagline. Ah, we haven't come up with Taking one yet. Taking you behind the ivory tower, Studio 7500. That's it. That's what we're doing next week. You better remember that. It's a little too, like, esoteric, you know. That's good, though. We like to just have fun. Right. So, if you want to be one of those guests knocking at our door to come in, you know where to reach us by now. But if you don't, you can email Jamie, me, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot Brown, B-R-O-W-N, at Woodbury.edu, or Greg. G-R-E-G dot H-O-U-L-E at Woodbury.edu. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at WoodburyU, or or, um, Instagram at Woodbury underscore University, or look us up on Facebook, or just leave us a bad review on Apple Podcasts. Um, Not. Well, because we'll be looking. We religiously look look at it. This so. stuff keeps Greg up at night. So all night, I wake up and I refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> no more reviews. What's going on? He's no, addicted. No. Just kidding. Um, but we really do appreciate you hanging with us for a little bit. Um, we're taking you on a journey, so stick with us. And we want to tell you more about Woodbury. Back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.